All right, episode three of the Ashes mini series review. Ryan's back. How are you? I'm well, mate. How are you? Good. You, you can tell how the intros have just gone from really excited to by the third one. It's just, yeah, look, let's just get this over and done with. <laughs> Pretty much how England feel, I would imagine. Well, yeah, for the, for the sake of the intro, hopefully they do cancel the last two tests. So I don't have to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that was depressing. No, it wasn't depressing. It was great. It was fantastic. It's depressing if you're English. It's fantastic if you're Australian. Apart from the fact we like lost two days and or three days of cricket. Well, that's what I mean. Like, imagine you, even forgetting, like, ignoring if you got like tickets to day four or even day three. Well, day three it's pretty good to go to, but like, say you got tickets to day four or even just like you had two days of annual leave left and you were banking on a bit of cricket to fill the void. And now you're watching reruns of Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah, I'll definitely be going to day one of the SCG test because who knows? Who knows how long it'll last? Yeah, I've seen people on Facebook like I've got tickets to day three, and that's shite, really risky. Mm. I reckon Cricket Australia might have called Pat Cummins and said, "Don't you ever bowl first again, young man? <laughs> we just lost X amount of revenue. You bat first, and you bat for two days, please." Well, at least with the SCG, there's a chance that it'll rain for like half the time. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. I don't think I've been to an SG test when it hasn't rained. No, no, it's pretty poor. Uh, anyway, um, there isn't obviously not much to get through. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can start with all the obvious jokes about, you know, Queensland getting rid of the day five tests for travelers and then people going, well, England won't, they haven't done day five tests in ages. Or even um, I was watching the Big Bash last night and uh, who was it? I think they had Isha Gu on and um, they were saying, oh, I think England have focused too much on white ball cricket. <laughs> and Brad Haddon just goes, well, the tests haven't gone that long. <laughs> I saw another good one that said, uh, if you need a rapid test, just play England. <laughs> I thought it was very good. Uh, but anyway, I think the, the main talking point surely is Scotty Boland, right? Yeah, I think we should talk about him. He had a couple of critics when he was selected, didn't he? Do, do you know any of the critics that he had? You know, no, you know? no, I didn't see my. I saw unilateral praise for his selection, <laughs> just quietly. You, you clearly don't read your own tweets, then. No. <laughs> yeah, so that's where you're smart. You just put them in the WhatsApp or your negative opinions. <laughs> but no, it, I, I don't think, and it's not obviously it's nothing personal on Bowling, but it was a really like to me it was just really questionable the the way he got picked that when they, it was all about workload management and maybe Richardson and Neza were sore, but it, it was a three, three days of test cricket. And then, and then there was also the talk of all the MCG specialist horses for courses, which has worked once in 50 years, um, <laughs> but it worked great. Uh, yeah. That's look, twice now. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't write the selection, um, but it worked. So hats no, off to I, 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 jokes aside, I, I thought it was pretty peculiar that a guy that's played three tests in two years and a guy that had made his debut were rested for workload issues. I think that was pretty funny. Uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe they're a little bit more banged up than they probably let on in the media because to rest two players in those circumstances and Richardson was coming off the FIFA, like you can't imagine he would want to be rested. You know, he hasn't, he had a shoulder reconstructions, he's coming back from injury, he takes FIFA coming back into the team. There's no way he would have gone, oh, I'm a bit sore. I don't want to play the next test. Like they would have had to drag him away from playing. So I can only imagine that maybe they were just a little bit sore. And if it was a side strand or something like that with Hazelwood already out, maybe they were just being super super cautious. 
And then the other thing is, as you know, Skull Curry O'Keefe mentioned a few times that you know Bolin is considered a an MCG specialist. I didn't realize his average was sixteen. Like that's not a specialist; that's a dominator. So mm-hmm. I, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but obviously in hindsight it was a perfect perfect selection, um, a fairy tale debut. And I, I know you're a little bit critical of his. 127 on fifth wicket or fifth stump kind of up and down. Um, but he did get the ball to move around a little bit more than I thought he could. Um, you know, he jagged a few in and, and he did bowl a pretty good line. So, you know, a fairy tale debut in every kind of way. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's just bowls a heavy rock. I think I was taking the piss out of them saying a few times. Um, at least logically speaking, he won't play the next test because he's taken a fifer. And I think Cummins took a fifer in the first test and then obviously through no fault of his own, but he didn't play the second test. Jai, Jai yeah. takes a fifer, he's out. So if anything, Scott should have just, you know, asked to stop bowl. Maybe he said, oh, i am just got a bit of a sore shoulder after the fourth wicket. I might not bowl anymore. I was about to say, in the next test, if Stark gets four wickets, he might go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not good. I don't need to bowl anymore, thanks. Well, that's when Warnie will be hoping he gets a fifer just to get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only way we get dropped at the moment, start. Um, yeah, it is a bit of a peculiar stat that all the bowlers that have taken five or more wickets in this series haven't played the next test for, for one reason or another. Yeah, and then England haven't taken five wickets all series, so. <laughs> Combined. Yeah. Um, um, no, but on... on um. <sighs> Mitchell Stark has been, like, this is probably the best he's bowled in the last few years as well. Yeah, I mean, it's normally the, the the knock on him is if the ball's not swinging and his radar's not bang on, then he's a pretty ineffective test bowler. But he, he started to find other ways to take wickets and to be effective even when the ball's not swinging for him. Uh, the big in-swing Yorker he has um, is obviously his biggest weapon, but he can be found a bit wanting if that's not happening. But it, most of his wickets in this series, really, not just the last game, haven't necessarily been swinging, apart from the, the beauty to Rory Burns to start the, t- the series. But... He's just bowling a pretty well. I say a good line. He was pretty wayward in the first innings, but the second innings he was bang on the money and fast. Like the ball that got Milan. Is that how you say his name? I can never get that right. Well, he can't spot David. So <laughs> yeah, um, that was just too quick. That's what that was. Like yeah. he, the bat was nowhere near the ball, and it was just like it's pearler to get first first ball because you just you know you're a little bit slow, you're not moving your feet just yet. Um, it was just too quick. So when he's bowling like that and he's accurate, like he's, he's fast. And this is what England have made the mistake of not picking Mark Wood. That extra 10 to 15 Ks matters. You know, you reflect, you, your reactions have to be that much quicker. You don't have as much margin for error as a batsman. So that extra 10 to 15 Ks above the 135 that, that can get up to the 150 actually matters, but when he's accurate. So he's bowled really well. well I think this is the best I've seen in bowling test cricket consistently. And, and that hat-trick ball as well to Joe Root was really unlucky like it was it was too good a ball and you know bees bees dick i saw someone tweet and that's that's it's literally how yeah you're right though it was almost too good of a ball just moved too much and yeah and i could see the humor in it because he he smiled very sheepishly because it's usually the thing where it's like batsman in like a batsman in good form will hit it and like a batsman out of form just won't hit it because they're too far yeah so no it was that the angle across has always been stark's thing um Mm -hmm. and the swinging back in so yeah that that ball to root. I, I was up and then I was oh, I was I was all over it. I thought he I thought he got it. Um, yeah, I thought I actually had it on mute at the time because the kids were going ham here. So I actually thought he hit it because you know you can't really necessarily tell without the sound. So I was doing the same. I was up out of my chair screaming. Everyone was staring at me like I'm a weirdo because I am. Yeah, 
Well, speaking of you can't tell if they've hit it or not, like uh, we'll talk about Marcus Harris, but when his LBW, did you hear what he said on the stunt mics uh, when Stokes he, was asking him about it? Uh, I think he said hotspot's fucking useless, didn't he? <laughs> so that's another finding coming, surely. Yeah. Which is a bit unfair to him. Like he's just having a casual chat to Stokes. It wasn't heat of the moment. It wasn't sledging or anything. It was just literally just having a chat. But uh, yeah, he clearly doesn't think much of hotspot, does he? <laughs> Uh, that's going to, you know, there's in, hopefully Hotspot's not an exclusive rights sponsor for, <laughs> for CA because that, that, that could be a bit of strife with the the supporters, the the benefactors of the uh, Australian cricket fraternity. But um, no, I, don't, I don't think Harris will be asked to be the next brand ambassador for Hotspot in their next ad campaign, put it that way. No, no. Um, <laughs> no, I've had mates who operated the Hotspot guns at tests in the past and they just sit, it's, yeah, it's a piss easy job. They just sit there at square leg. <laughs> Clearly not doing much if the hotspot doesn't even pick up half the Knicks, but no. But uh, yeah, Marcus Harris. I think it's we should probably mention. I think everyone in the country was um, bemused that they kept sticking with him. Yeah. A bit, a bit of payoff finally. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they've stuck with him because there's just not that many other options. You know, if Pekoski was fit and not having his issues and was scoring the double hundreds that he did last year, I wonder if Harris would retain his spot. But he has, you know, everyone's saying that he's now cemented his spot. Jeez, I wouldn't go that far. Like he played and missed, I think it was 19 times or 20 times. Like yeah, in about, an that. Like, about that, yeah. Like that's, that's <laughs> and he was still streaky and, you know, he got the runs and they were vital runs considering the low scores in the test. So I don't want to take anything away from him, but I don't think that innings has now cemented his spot or, or got the, you know, I don't think it's kept the Wolves at bay too much. Um you know, the thing is we're winning, so that always gives you a little bit of a safety blanket or, or a safety buffer, I should say. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting that innings down as the turning point in his career just yet. Well, he did he did outscore England by himself in the second inning, so. <laughs> That's a low base, though. <laughs> um, I wonder if he's outscored the English extras this year <laughs> as well. You well, I mean, if he, was in, if he was English, he'd probably be captain coach. So <laughs> that's the difference between the teams at the moment. That he'd have grounds named after him. But you did see the, um, you saw that stat, the, the run scorers this calendar year for England. And obviously, third, obviously Joe Root was far and away at first, but then second place was Burns, who they dropped. Burns! <laughs> that's six bucks this year or something crazy. Uh, and then... He obviously boosted by centuries and then yeah extras was third and i think if you yeah. broke it down into just months like four or five of joe root's months were in the top 10 as well just by themselves <laughs> yeah he's a bit of a one-man band in that uh that batting lineup at the moment isn't he yeah no it's it... i'm gonna stop short this time of feeling sorry for an englishman after i accidentally showed some emotion uh some uh, empathy towards Joss Butler after he stepped on his stumps last test. But, geez, Joe Root right now, it, it's a bit reminiscent of, um, uh, well, yeah, the bad teams. when It was like once Smith got out, Steve Smith gets out, and then it was just shit. Mm. Yeah. it's um, They keep on saying they're going to strip him of the captaincy, but he's literally the only player in the 11 that's a short of his spot, other than probably Anderson, who didn't play the first test for reasons unbeknownst to us. But... I don't think you can get the name Anderson captain because he's 38, 39. So everyone, everyone keeps saying, no, what, we're going to take the captaincy off route. Who are you giving it to? 
Stokes, but even he's averaging 16 for the series or something in 70 with the ball. Like, and, and to be fair, in the half an hour where Root was off the field in Adelaide, I think, and Stokes did captain, he actually looked a pretty aggressive captain and, and quite willing to push the action and try things, which is what they probably need. You know, when you're not the better team out of the two, your captain needs to try and bridge that gap by being a little bit inventive. You know, something Steve Fleming used to do really well for New Zealand. He knew they didn't, they couldn't compete on talent, so they'd compete with tactics and you know left field kind of selections and things like that. That's where I do doubt Root's captaincy. It just doesn't look like he can force the action. You know, he just looks a very, I mean, conservative captain is not even the right word. He just, it doesn't look like he, like you know, just put a short cover in, put two short covers in, and bowl just outside off. Just force something to happen, and he just he, he sits back and waits for things to happen. And right. England don't have the talent to do that. He's a reactive captain, not a proactive captain. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, I, I think that that's the one thing lacking in his, in his captaincy is just a real bit of left field thinking that just kind of, if nothing else, it make, makes Australia think. Um, at the moment, they're just completely in their comfort zone, Australia. Um, so that, that, but, you know, to my original point, is it Stokes that is going to get the captaincy? Like he's not exactly playing that well. <laughs> No, um, I, I would have suggested even someone like, because Stuart Broad was white ball captain for a bit or T20 captain, which is obviously a different thing altogether. Um, yeah. But he, even he's not short of his spot and he didn't even get picked in this test, which was a head scratcher. They brought, I think Ollie Robinson's the only pacer who's played all three tests so far, which I, I think if yeah. you had told me out at the start of the series, I would have said, you know, how much did you buy that bag for? Yeah, and I don't think he should have played all three either. He looks pretty tired to me. Uh, I think that he probably should have been rested in this test. And he doesn't look like he's got a great motor at the best of times, to be honest. But And I guess getting your butt kicked doesn't help your motivation. But, yeah, he looked a bit lethargic in this test. Um, but he's a good bowler. And I think they got some pretty good stock there. You know, Wokes didn't play this test. Obviously, Wood came back in. I can't believe they don't pick him in every test. He'd be the first player I pick because he does bowl up 145 to 150 and just hurries the batsman and he's pretty accurate. And, you know, Anderson put on a masterclass of bowling on day two. But, yeah, the cupboard's a bit bare across the board with England. So, you know, if they do strip root of captaincy and give it to Stokes, that would obviously be a big call. Um, but it's pretty much the only choice they've got would be Stokes, I would imagine. I can't think of anyone else. No, and, and on Mark Wood, it, it seemed like even you watch interviews of him, uh, and I know there's all that intangible rubbish, like passion and caring is overblown and stuff, but he does seem like one of those wholehearted kind of guys, a bit like obviously a different style of bowler to Hazelwood, but like someone reliable, if not a little bit inconsistent, because obviously when you're at that pace, you are going to spray it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think at that pace, you know, wickets when you're bowling that quick, just have a little bit more oomph in them. You know, you see the teams really respond. Like when the, when the wickets are really rattled or, or a batsman is hurried up on a pull shot or something, it does just lift the team. So that's what, to your point, that's why I would have Wood in there because he just, he's a little bit inspirational. And <laughs> let me tell you, England needs some inspiration at the moment. So Yeah, we're, we're, bit- yeah. whereas Scott Boland's getting six boring wickets, just hitting the, opposite, uh, the, the edge of the bat every time. You know, Mark Wood might only get two wickets in the whole test, but that stump's gone cartwheeling 20 metres. So yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, um, I, I did the, the England obviously selections with their pace bowlers has been a bit odd but I saw a great point considering Stuart Broad not playing again and you would have thought that they'd pick someone 
who's made a history or a he's david warner's he's got david warner's number everyone knows that mm-hmm. yeah but also just in general he's known for bowling around the wicket to left-handers yeah. getting their wickets and with australia's top six having four left-handers in it i think that's right yeah. i'm sorry top seven having four yeah. left-handers in it um he seemed like the no-brainer selection and yet he misses out again uh, and I thought he bowled pretty well in Adelaide without luck. Like he beat the bat uh, a lot of the times. Uh, obviously got Harris out with that bumper coming around the, the wicket. So, yeah, he's, it's a bit peculiar. He didn't really hit the deck as hard as we've seen him bowl, but but certainly I think I would have picked him ahead of Robinson for this test. And I like Robinson, but he just looks like he needs a bit of a spell. Or would you have picked Robinson as that spinner and sack Leach off again? Well, well, I would have because I think that's just the kind of left field thinking they might need. You know, I think you know you got Stokes in there to, to, to add plays an extra bowler. So you know, picking five six bowlers is that the way? The only issue with that is they need runs more than wickets, at, um, England. So if, you know, if you've got an all round and you've got someone that can cover a couple of bowling spots, you know, you'd be better off bowling picking an extra batsman. Um, so they could get some runs on the board. But, you know, whether that's the right solution, picking Robinson as a spinner is a kind of a left field selection, I don't know. But they need to do something different. They're just, they're hoping that they can match Australia and they're just not going to. Um, you know, they keep picking these batsmen that average mid-30s in first-class cricket and hoping that they're going to outshine their statistics, batting away from home against the best attack in the world on Australian decks and hoping that they'll do better in test cricket than they do in first-class cricket. It's just madness. It's just stupid. Well, apparently this is pretty much it, though. Like, they're not really missing anyone. So that's maybe, <laughs> I, I think, um, what's his name? I think Sibley, I don't know if he's out or not or if he's just not being picked. Sibley, yeah. But um, th- this is it. <laughs> this, is what yeah. they, this is the best six they can offer. And they made changes. Yeah, they made changes for this test. Um, But, you know, in effect, Milan and Root other openers, and they're coming in at three and four. So, <laughs> yeah, they should just open next test. <laughs> just just uh, stuff it we're opening we do anyway because <laughs> um burns got dropped for zach crawley which i think you called last mm-hmm. uh, after the last test um uh we've spoken about leach and wood in but then the other one best for pope and i think we both thought you know pope was probably going to miss out even uh with michael vaughan's comments you know not being a fan of giving him two tests and then uh, especially you know in a lost series like this now a player for the future but you know, they've tried to, they've mixed it up a little bit. Um, st- still to no avail. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't mind the selection best. I think he's a pretty good bat. I think he averages about 36 in test cricket, which is no slouch. And for a lot of those, he was the keeper as well. So I, I'm surprised he didn't play from the get go. But no, you're right. That As I said, they don't have much behind them. This, this is the best they've got. And, you know, that they've made a decision, I think it was seven years ago, that they're going to concentrate on white ball cricket. And they've had a lot of success. They've won the World Cup. Um, but I think now for the sake of English cricket and probably for the sake of test cricket, if I'm honest, I think they probably need to go back and now start thinking about how they can reevaluate red ball cricket and try to get it back to where it needs to be. There's enough ex-players and there's enough people in English cricket that are passionate about test cricket. And I think getting those people involved and, and getting some passion back for red ball cricket is important. And I know financially that might be a bit of a hard task because, you know, they do earn more money from the, from the white ball stuff, but you know, the, the, the dedication to white ball cricket has completely ruined their test cricket for England. Yeah, and it's and there was another point that I've heard over the last few days, whereas England have basically separated, you know, a large portion of their squads. So, like, they'll have like, not a lot of players will cross over the formats. 
Whereas the Australian squad that won the T20 World Cup, most of those guys are in the test team. I think the only people that weren't there was, I think, Manus and um, uh, Harris. But I think everyone else was, and Cam Green. But everyone else was in and around that squad. Yeah, it's true. true, true. You look at England, it's probably just like, you know, Butler and Stokes. And well, Joffre is injured, but he'd probably be another one. But yeah, there's not a lot there. Maybe Mark Wood, but they do specialize a lot. And then, you know, maybe that, especially in this, you know, this year, they, and if England are complaining that they haven't played enough red ball cricket, and England plays famously more tests than anyone else. So if they're saying they're underprepared, then I think he's probably got to look at a bit more top level organization rather than just just the players in the day. Yeah, I think it's more to do with county cricket. They they play, you know, they, they shorten their their one day cricket to forty overs. I think, um, and you know, they obviously play a lot of the T Twenty stuff. They they started its biggest T Twenty competition in the world was actually came out of England to begin with. So they've been ahead of the game in in that respect. But it's at the detriment to the red ball stuff, and, and that's the the biggest shame. And having said that, in terms of you know they don't have much depth. If Australia was to suffer an injury to Smith or, or Labuschagne or Warner. Our cupboard's not exactly bursting with players behind the scenes either. Like, you know, I know Kwajar's probably the next cap off the rank at the moment, but, you know, if we had two injuries or an injury, I think our batting would be shown to be not that deep as well. I think, you know, Warner's awesome on home soil, but his away record isn't that flash. I think it's like 30 away from home. So, you know, I think there's some bigger questions or some bigger examinations to come when we tour with this team uh, to see just where we are. We can't really get a gauge on just how great we are because of England have been so crap, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think this is a pretty good test team that Australia has, and, but it'd be interesting to see Cap- Cummins' captaincy put on them under pressure um, to see what he's really made of because he's had a pretty easy introduction to captaincy with the, three, the two tests so far. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's hard to get a gauge whether, you know, we've been awesome or England have been shit or a bit of both. Yeah, maybe England should start looking at um, poaching some of our English-born players back over there. You know, they could probably take Renshaw, Josh Inglis, uh, someone else that I've forgotten. Um, I think Peter Hanscom might be English-born. Anyway, there's a few options that they yeah. could probably like to say, look, you know, you are born here. Just, just give us something. Yeah, because I know he's born something. in Melbourne. Hanson's born in Melbourne. But yeah, no, there's... um, Yeah, and look, yeah, our cupboard is... Yeah, it's not bursting either, but obviously home tests... Tails are up now. Uh, mm. You might even like, I know people have spoken for years about Glenn Maxwell not getting a fair shot at the test team. Even just like, if he's probably not going to come in anymore. There's... Well, he might, because I think we've got some tours of the subcontinent coming up next. Yeah. Um, he's a very good player spin, plus he offers a bit of off spin himself. Plus everyone knows how great of a fielder he is. So if he's ever going to get picked in the test squad, let alone team again, it would probably be some of these subcontinent tours that are coming up. Next year, I think. Yeah, um, but I, I don't. I don't think he's played shield cricket for a couple of years though, because I think they, they, he's basically just said, "Well, if you're not going to pick me, stuff you." Yeah, no, uh, oh, he's also been the victim of some selection thing. Oh well, yeah, well. Victoria. Yeah, I, think. I, think he, I think he did retire from shield cricket, didn't he? Or does that Finch? One of them did. Yeah, I don't remember, but I know there was a whole thing with Maxwell and Victoria. Basically, yeah. they went in a different direction. I think Maxwell That's said, right. "Well, like, okay, then yeah." It might have been both of them actually. Yeah, um, but I get, with the other thing is with the limited overs tours that he kept on making, he, he didn't have a chance to play shield because no. he was all the way with the Australian team in one day tournaments or the IPL or something like that. Yeah, so it's it, it is six and one half a dozen the other. Um, but I think yeah, this is probably Maxwell's last chance. 
if he is going to play test cricket against those tours coming up. Um, yeah, because he's 32, 33. Like, he's not as young as you think. No, no, he's, uh, he's a 30, yeah, early 30s. Yeah. Um, but last thing on England. Actually, two more things. <laughs> Joe Root probably does... Uh, people are saying he's probably going to... Like, they, they wanted to lose the captaincy. And maybe that's a bit of Steve Smith theory with Joe Root, because I think Smith's been really good since he came back, not as the captain. Mm-hmm. Um. But he does still deserve to be somewhat praised for what he, at least his level of play this series, because he's had no help whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, he still needs to get that monkey off his back and score a century in Australia. Um, but he, he, he's shown to be a very good batsman. He has been for a long time. And for many time, for many years, his issue was conversions. Uh, if you look like he's 50s to 100, they were pretty bad. But this year, he's really turned, oh, well, last two years, he's really turned that around. And he had a couple of big scores in India, a couple of double hundreds, I think. So he's, he's a class batsman. And, and we've seen his class on this tour, to be honest. He's been, as I said, he's played a lone hand, you know, on decks that don't suit him against fierce, fast bowling. He's still batted very, very well without necessarily getting 100. Um, and you can see how much his wicket means to Australia, not just because he's a captain, but because he's a great bat. When they get root, that their celebrations go up, you know, 12 notches. So yeah. he remains the prize wicket in that lineup. And, you know, as you said, he's, he's, um, doesn't have a lot of batting friends, so to speak, <laughs> helping him out. Do you know what the uh, conversion rate is from 50s to 100s for extras this year? <laughs> no, tell me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just as the third leading run scorer for the year, I thought yeah. they might. They've obviously gone on with it a bit. Um, <laughs> the, obviously, the other one, I don't know he's one of your favourite players, but do, what do you think about Hasib Hamid as a test opener? I, I, you talked before about you don't feel sorry for any of the English, but if you did, Joe Root would be close. I legitimately feel sorry for him. He looks completely out of his depth. I don't know what shots he has as an opener. I know we talked about this as he was batting and then next ball he pushed one down the ground for four. But even that wasn't like a a flourishing cover drive. Like he just doesn't look like he has any shots. And I don't mean this harshly. He legitimately looks to me like a night watchman who's been sent out there just to not get out. And he's just got a four defensive shot and that's it. And I just, obviously we haven't seen the best. And I think one of the commentators, maybe was Skull, said it perfectly he'll be thinking test cricket is like the worst thing in the world at the moment. Like he's generally opening the batting against his uh, new, new ball on Australian decks against this pace attack. He'll be like, this is shit. I hate this sport. This is too hard. He just, he, he legitimately looks out of his depth. Now, if there's, I'm, I'm interested to speak to some interesting it's, uh, English fans have seen him play county cricket or seen him play um, innings before. Cause he clearly got picked for a reason. Um, and he clearly has scored runs before, but geez, I, it, his average his test average is 32. I, I can't see him scoring 32 runs, even though he scored a lot in the first. He did score in the first test. He, though, did. Right? he got a couple of 20s or a couple of 30s. Um, yeah, I'll look it up now. But it's funny because the only time he's played against our full strength pace attack is when he scored the most runs <laughs> <laughs> in the first test. He, um, yeah. Uh, well, hang on, I've got the scorecard. Yeah, he got, 27, oh, he got 25 in the first and 27 yeah. in the second. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that's, it feels like a distant memory. I, mean, I think England would love him to score 27. That would be a, that would be the equivalent of a century the way he's going at the moment. If he could get 27 or face 27 balls, they'd probably be happy. I wonder how many balls he did face just this test. That'd be a good stat. Um, but no, obviously, it's a symptom of England as a whole. The, the, the day two collapse. We were talking before we came on and I 
gave you the list of things and I said, I've forgotten anything because I'd written down like the day three heroics. And you said, what about day two? And I was like, well, I'll be honest, day three was so insane. <laughs> that like, and not just me, people have forgotten about the day two evening. Uh, yeah, the afternoon session. Yeah, that was absolute carnage. I think it was about an hour. Of, I haven't experienced that for a long time. You know, the funny thing is Cummins was the best bowler and took no wickets. <laughs> like he was just absolutely all over them, moving the ball around, bowling at pace. Uh, and then Stark was on a hat trick. Bowling was on a hat trick. Um, England was so rattled that I don't think Stokes was even padded up to come out because he nearly got timed he out. Nearly got, yeah. And then like it must have been close to being timed out, although I don't know if they'd actually have the guts to do that in test cricket, but you know, he clearly wasn't ready to come out and face and the England change room would have been awesome to have a camera in the corner watching <laughs> that unfold and be a fly on the wall watching, you know, just the carnage that was happening out in the middle um, as Australia just went rampant for an hour and pretty much in that hour won the series. It was game over. Um, after Anderson had bowled really well earlier in the day to get England back into the test and knock Australia off for 267, I think the lead was about 80, yep. um, which was probably about 40 or 50 runs too many, to be honest. They, they kind of let the tail wag just a little bit too long. Um, but yeah, that hour on day two was insane. And then it was exceeded the next day if you thought that this if you thought that hour of cricket couldn't be matched well it couldn't be matched it was even more insane the next day his ball just bang 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 it was insane I, I, i'll be honest i slipped in and nearly missed everything <laughs> i think my, I mate won- went to the, my mate went to the beach for 40 minutes came back he goes what the hell happened Scott <laughs> bowling happened that's what happened i saw i saw people that work in like media presentation they're saying i didn't think i'd get the chance to use my t20 graphics template for a test bowling innings because it's just like all 24 balls because he only bowled four overs yeah um crazy and crazy. Just, yeah just from earlier hamid faced 41 balls this test match 41 balls for the test match wow yeah, yeah 31 in the first innings yeah really taking the shine off that new ball. <laughs> um and then, obviously, England, it was spoken about as well, the Ducks record. Was it 54 Ducks for the year? 50, tied their own record, yeah, 54 Ducks. <laughs> oh, man, what a... Oh. The, the amount of stats out there floating around are just sad. <laughs> yeah, you ignore the runs one like with extras, the top scoring and the second top scorer being dropped. But then you look at the Ducks, and then, yeah, I think when Anderson squirted away two runs off... Um, yeah, off Boland. I think I texted someone like that was just a terrible ball. Like, what was that? Terrible. I'd drop him for just for that. Because not only did he get, wicked. Because not not only did he cost us the ducks record, but he also ended up with more runs than wickets taken. Yeah. Six for seven. Yeah. Drop him. <laughs> that, that average is over one. Useless. <laughs> but you did bring up an interesting point with this Australia tale, and I've got a bit off script, but that's been a, it's been like a famous characteristic of the Australian teams for, for, you know, for the last 20 years, really, that the tail can be counted on to give you 50 to hundred runs. Just. Yeah. We've only really had one true bunny and that was Glenn McGrath. Uh, yeah. You know, generally speaking out, we do bat down to at least 10, sometimes 11. Um, and a lot of our bowls are kind of the old school bowls. will have a crack, you know, Mitchell Johnson used to really light it up and be, be, counted on to, you know, hit some sixes and stuff like that. You know, obviously Stark can hit the ball very cleanly. Joshy Hazelwood can even unload. 
Pat Cummins, you know, even looks like a batsman sometimes the way he gets his front foot defence going. So, you know, we do bat all the way around. And then Nathan Lyon comes in at 10, but he's normally our night watchman, which speaks to his uh, ability to see, you know, see off a ball or at least be counted on to, um, you know, blunt, blunt a, a new ball or, or defend for a couple of overs. And then, you know, Dizzy, Dizzy got a double hundred. So we've, we've always had bowls that could do a little bit, you know, just the odd 20 here, the odd 30 there really does make a difference. You know, instead of um, England only being, you know, 40 or 30 in arrears, they were 88 and that's, that, well, 82, I think it was. And that is a big difference. That, that extra 40, 50 runs that they put on really did um, put Australia back in the driver's seat after some pretty impressive bowling from Henderson. Yeah, so the English tail for the test scored 43 and uh, 41 of those runs were in the first innings. <laughs> um, whereas Australia by themselves scored uh, oh, the maths, uh, 10, 31, 50, 61 in one innings. Um, yeah, I, I think when the Australian tail comes in, it's not one of those clean up the tail tails. Yeah, correct. Um, and, and that's funny considering I think Pat Cummins is batting as probably gotten worse in the last few years, maybe because he's focused so much on his bowling. I'd rather he be an elite bowler and an okay batsman than a good bowler and a good batsman. Yeah, I mean, as ever in Australian cricket, the minute a bowler shows any um, ability with the bat, they're immediately labelled an all-rounder. Bowling um, all-rounder. Mitchell, yeah, bowling all-rounder. Mitchell Johnson, bowling all-rounder. Yeah, um, which is insane. But um, yeah, you're right, actually. I can't, I can't remember the last time he got a, a 40 or a 50. Um, but even when he does get these 20s, you know, 20 runs from your number eight is valuable. He's probably a more technically sound batsman than Stark, but Stark has been more consistent with the runs in recent times. And Stark can seriously hit a ball, you know, where when he clears that left foot, no, clears that front foot and really gives a ball a swipe, you know, the ball goes sailing a long, long way. He's a yeah. very clean strike of the ball when he gets onto it. Yeah, no, no bunnies in this in this team. Um, a few ones to finish up on. The MCG pitch actually delivered something for once. It was great. I thought it was a great deck, to be honest. And, and you know, as evidence, the, 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 the best evidence that it was a good deck is that we bowled first, even though we won the toss. So that clearly suggested there was going to be a bit of juice and a bit of life in it. Um, I thought it was a good deck. No batsman really looked in, no matter how long they batted. Um, there was a bit of invariable bounce. The odd one got up, um, you know, but it wasn't that tennis ball bounce that we've been going accustomed to at the MCG where it's quite spongy and quite slow. It actually got through, you know, as Warnie pointed out, 452,000 times. <laughs> the, keepers, the keepers were taking a lot of balls above their, their shoulders and above their heads. Yeah, good carry. Yeah, good carry, yeah. Thanks, Warnie. <laughs> the first 10 times. Um, which, which, is, which is proof that it was a good deck. And I, I really thought it was a good test wicket. Um, I don't think it was... You know, often when a test only lasts two days, they blame the wicket. I don't, I don't think it was the wicket's fault that the test only lasted two and a bit days. I thought it was a great test match wicket. So well done to the curator down there because it hadn't been great for a couple of years. I, I do wonder as well, I, I'd imagine considering Cummins chose to bowl first, that he obviously thought it was going to get better to bat on. Um, obviously England, maybe this is just England being shit, but <laughs> didn't happen because I don't I don't think you usually win by an innings when you only score 267 runs yourself. Yeah, that's gotta be a record, surely. You only scored 267 runs and you win by an innings. That's that that's shows part, how inept, that's part that shows how inept England have been. But um yeah. yeah, no, it was a good deck. And yeah, I think Pat Cummins probably thought, you know, once the grass clippings kind of comes off on day two and the sun came, it was scheduled to come out on days two and three, it was probably a better time to bat. But 
as it turned out, Australia didn't even need to bat on day three. They were all out by day two as well. Yeah, and if you had Marcus Harris test top scorer on your bingo card. <laughs> that would have been paying a lot. Uh, and then, you know, we're looking ahead to Sydney. Obviously, I don't think Australia really needs to make any changes. The only change, well, depending on Hazelwood's fitness, Boland might be stiff. Um, but there's also been chat that, you know, series is done. Um, Mitch Swepson debut. Yeah, I mean, if the, if the SCG, if SCG deck was as it was 10, 15 years ago, which, you know, a raging turner and you've got to play two spinners because it's, it's, it's a real good deck for spinners but it hasn't been that way for a long time you know it's probably still one of the best spinning tracks in australia but it's not like the raging turn it was 15 years ago but so this happens every year in the lead up to scg test they always talk about oh will australia play two spinners and i don't think we have since shu mcgill and warren we always talk about picking two spinners the scg but i seriously i can't remember doing it for a very long time but now that we do have cam green bowling and bowling quite well it does allow you to put, put Play, play two spinners because he could legitimately be your third seamer and then you don't lose too much from a, a, a quickies bowling attack. So if they are going to play two spinners, they, they can afford to do it now with an all-rounder, a genuine all-rounder in the team, but I'd be surprised if they do. Uh, what would you do though? Um, I, I would actually, if the wicket is a turn, I wouldn't mind seeing Sweepson because I think we need to start thinking about either what either what lines replacement is, or if we are going to tour the subcontinent next year, where you do need two spinners on a lot of those decks and sometimes three spinners, we need to find out who is the second best spinner in Australia. And it's been mentioned to be Swepson for a while, but I, I wouldn't mind finding out. So considering that the series is over, I actually would pick him, to be honest. I, I think um, not instead of line, I pick him with line, because I, I think we probably need to get some runs, not some runs under his belt, some, a test or two under his belt. There's no runs. He's not, he's not going to hit the <laughs> runs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just wickets. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind doing that, to be honest. And then I think the quicks would probably have to be Cummins as one. Um, and then just say rest probably, Stark, maybe. Yeah, maybe rest Stark, although it is his home test, which is so maybe... It's, it's not the team's probably, home test. Yeah, true. That's a good point. Um, but you probably want Stark in Hobart because it's day-night test and he's a, a pinball specialist. So, yeah, you're probably right. Probably give Stark a rest. Uh, so then maybe Cummins, see what Hazel would like i don't know maybe if he's if he's under any injury cloud whatsoever there's no point risking him with the series done so maybe richardson comes back in probably richards versus boland i think would be the debate yeah <laughs> all these five it is very, yeah but it was stiff on richardson last test maybe yeah. he was hurt i don't know um batting yeah. lineup nothing's going to change for that you would have thought no no yeah, no no, no, no reason to um alex carey's played well better than I thought he was going to do. So I mean, another one I'm eating crow on. Not that uh, I thought he was good, but I was never his biggest fan, but he's, he's done well um, for England, I guess. It's just a, it's just a wheel of fortune now, lottery, who they pick. Yeah, who who wants to face the Lions, basically? It's like, who wants to go out and get slaughtered? Well, that, that's if the test even goes ahead in Sydney, because I, I think... If, it better. Because um, <laughs> Warney's saying, and again, this this is the, the, the uh, standard Warney segment on this show now. But the um, he was saying just before it might have been day just before day two. But oh, we have to think on our feet and adapt, which is basically warning slang for give us the next two tests as well in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, it's there's there's a couple of things you can set your your, your clock to in, in Australian summer. One is that they'll be talk of two spinners before the CG test. The other one is Melbourne always trying to pinch another test every year. It's like they're always trying to pinch. Another test. Oh, don't play to Queensland because of COVID restrictions played here. And now this year it's don't play it in Sydney. And 
in previous time, it's oh, you know, with a hundred thousand people, we can fill out that for two tests. It's you know, shut up, warning. No one will go to the second one. There's no point. <laughs> exactly. But it'll be over in one and a half days. <laughs> yeah. Um, Burns maybe comes back in for Hamid. Crawley probably keeps his spot. The, the rest of the batsmen, Milan will keep his spot. Root stays. Best I mean, look good. It's shifting the deck chairs on the Titanic at this stage. It is. To be honest. <laughs> I mean, they can't drop Stokes, even though he probably deserves to be dropped. Um, well, maybe they drop Butler. That'd be and Besto keeps. I don't know. The, the bowlers, it's, the bowlers, who knows? Broad surely plays, but who knows? Broadwood Anderson. But that, if... yeah, I mean, the SCG, they'll have to pick, pick Leach, I'd imagine. So, well, Robinson is their spinner and Milan and Root is their <laughs> other spinners. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this conversation just highlights what dire straits they're in. Yeah. None, of, none, of these, none of these moves are going to shift the dial too much. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quaking in my boots. Um, no. Okay, well, usually I'd, I'd ask for a prediction for the test, but let's just say how many uh, over-under on days for the Sydney test. <laughs> I won't go to day four. How's that sound? But but a lengthy day three, into the third session for day three. Oh, uh, at least get, respect the pink day. Give us a full yeah, pink day. Exactly. <laughs> so I remember when um when England came out to bat for their second innings in Melbourne, my dad said, we're not going to bat again. And I was like, oh, surely not. It's not that dire. But no, he was right. He was right. <laughs> it was. Ah. Uh, well, I think that's pretty much done me. That like that was the most enjoyable like twelve hours of test cricket I've ever watched. <laughs> I read a stat the other day. Speaking of the great stats, that the series has only gone twelve days and it's already been decided. It's only been twelve playing days. Yeah, well, England. Yeah, England spent more days in quarantine to get into Australia than they have played. <laughs> that's awesome. They have played the actual series and it's already over. That's awesome. Uh, I saw you released an article this morning as well on the Raw. That's rare. Released. Released. Wow, that's a big word. Released yeah. an article. It, yeah, it got out. Yeah, highly anticipated, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I saw um, the, count, the countdown to the drop as well. Yeah. Countdown I, to the drop? What do you mean? There was, there was a timer and everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eagerly anticipated article, yes. You can read it at the Raw. There you go. There's my plug. There you go. I was, I was trying to walk you towards that one. Jeez, you wouldn't drink though. And that's usually not your problem. Oh, just bags of jokes here. Yeah, there is. Uh, line up. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's that'll do me for the test. Thank you as always uh, to Ryan for coming on. We'll look forward to seeing you in about three days after the fourth test. <laughs> Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me. <laughs>